You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Thank God for the name of Jesus. You know, this week, or this, from, yeah, from last Wednesday to this Wednesday, I've only been one week and it's been a week. It's been a week running around and, and praying. And, and I tell you, the devil just made me mad. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gotten uh, just mad, not mad uh, at, at people or gotten mad, you know, in the flesh, but I'm just mad spiritually. I'm mad because he's picking on my kids and I'm mad uh, because he's trying to stop the things of God. He's trying to stop, you know, things are moving, things are happening, God's doing great things, there's such a momentum, and so he wanted to raise his ugly head and try to say, oh, well, I'll fix you, you think you're somebody, and, uh, but you know what, what the devil has intended for evil, God is going to turn around and make it good. You know, because we're not stopping. We're, you're there. Yeah, you might be at home and you might be listening to this and you might not even be listening. You might just be taking a sabbatical. But when you come back, the power and the presence of God is still going to be here. It's still going to be in your life. God's going to do supernatural things. Hallelujah. Because we're just, it's just making me stronger and stronger. I've just been praying more and more, coming against the enemy. And I still believe that something great is about to happen to Harvest Bible Church. Something good, something wonderful, because, you know, we're standing our ground. We've done what God's called us to do. Amen. And uh, if you're there and, and the sickness is still trying to, to linger, glory to God, it has to leave. Hallelujah. We believe in, we're praying, we're standing our ground with you. And even if it's not the, you know, uh, the, the virus, hallelujah, there's other things that are coming against you, we're coming against that too. You know, there's always an enemy that's arrayed against us. Hallelujah. He's always trying to come to steal, kill, and to destroy. We know that. So we're not ignorant of his devices. His devices is always coming through our minds. You know, we know that he, what he's trying to do, you know, uh, and, and he's always trying to come in and, and, and get us to side in with his side. But we're not going to do that. We're going to continue to allow God to be God. Because we know that sickness and disease comes from the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, hey, if you got your Bibles, you're ready to go, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, my title tonight is Stand Up Again. Stand up again, stand up against. We've got to stand up. We've got to stand up again and again and again and again. And the reason we've got to stand up is because the enemy is always trying to push us down. You know, the Bible says, though a righteous man fall, he shall arise. Amen. But, but we need to understand some things that God is a, is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. Hallelujah. He's given us a living hope, you know, through the resurrection of the dead. Here in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're about to celebrate Easter. We're, about, we're coming up onto Palm Sunday, which is when Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's coming in, and they're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and Hosanna in the highest. Well, Hosanna just simply means, oh, save us now. You know, throwing down palm leaves, and they're doing things, and they're worshiping. He's coming in riding on his donkey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that, that Pastor Pam has located uh, a similitude of that. So hallelujah. But we're, we're working on it. I mean, it's going to be good because we're, we have things that we need to happen, things that need to come to pass. Notice that it says he's, he's begotten us again to a living hope. 
I want to stir your hearts up. That, that little phrase right there is that God wants to get us back up again, bring us back up again to a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, they thought all things were done, but then three days later, he rose, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And we need to know that we have a living hope, that we're not without hope. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's happening, thank God the church is the authority. And we've got to stand up in our righteousness. We've got to stand up hallelujah, and begin to proclaim and take our authority of what we, we need to do and what we have. Amen? Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. He said, that I may know him. And, that, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Well, that, see, the, res, the resurrection changes everything. And this is not my Easter message. This is just sharing with you that we're about to celebrate life. We are about to understand what Jesus went through and what he did. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and begin to allow his mercies, hallelujah, and his faithfulness and his compassion. Because that's what God you know, spoke to my heart when this all transpired. And I said, okay, Lord, we'll, we'll do what we feel we led to do. But in, in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, and I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. He says, mercies, compassion, and faithfulness. And I said, Lord, you are full of mercy. You're the father of mercies. And that's why you comfort us. That's why you bring the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And your great mercy, hallelujah, is just going to be poured out upon Harvest Bible Church. Your great grace. But your compassion. You know, God has compassion and I have compassion. When we're moved with compassion, Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the fields white unto harvest. Because he wanted the people to be born again. He's also moved with compassion when he knows that the enemy is bombarding us. He's a father. He, he loves you. None of us like our kids sick. None of us like our kids going through things. We want to help them. Well, Father God wants to do the same thing to us. And great is his faithfulness. He's ever ready to get us to stand up again. He's ever ready to give us new beginnings. He's ever ready to get us to stand up and say, let's do this again. But you know what happens? It's a funny thing when people go through something, they usually don't want to, they're like, okay, I'm going to back up. Just like, you know, Pastor Pam's testimony. When you get up and go, Okay, there's no pain, but I don't want to move because if I move, there might be pain. Wait a minute, God touched her. And all of a sudden, she's like, okay, oh, wow, oh, wow. See, we have this tendency that when we get hit or when something comes in and we've been dealing with it, what she may not have told you, she was dealing with that for five days. I prayed for her. My prayers avail much. We were agreeing, we were praying. But you know what? Praise God. She was just there, and when she was listening to it, she just said, you know, that's truth. And she just declared it, hallelujah. And boom, God, God's so faithful. He's so faithful. But you know what happens to folks? As many times, we think because we fall, we think because we've had to deal with something, we think because we've lost something, or we think because uh, this is coming against us that there must be something wrong with us. We allow our past to mess us up. All of us have a past. All of us have shortcomings. All of us have things that, that, that you know, we've messed ourselves up. But we can't let our identity stay in the past. Our identity has to always be tied up with Jesus. Our identity has to always be in the now and then our future, where we're headed. Because it can't be in your past failures or your past disappointments. And usually it's not so much of the failure factor. But it's the disappointments. 
of where things didn't come the way we should have come. And so then we keep some things called old attitudes. Then we keep some things called our old mentalities or our old patterns. And we, we allow those things because we fall back and go, well, if I don't do anything and if I don't expect anything, then I won't get disappointed anymore. Listen, I'm, I'm through with disappointments. How did I, I, I'm, you know, when I say about that, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get disappointed. I got disappointed a lot this past week just because of the enemy and what was happening. But I'm, I, I take every disappointment and turn it into, all right, that's just an opportunity to pray. That's an opportunity to believe God. That's an opportunity for him to bring me to a living hope again. That's an opportunity for me to stand up and, and to let God be God. You know, one of the things about it is, is that here's what you got to do. So if you get knocked down, you got to get back up. You just got to get back up. It doesn't matter where, how, why you got hit or how you got hit. Just get back up and say, God, here I am. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going. You know, there's a poem I'm going to read at the end of this message. And it's the poem that I, I got uh, uh, from a friend of mine. And it's about the race. And it's about a little boy running a race. And I'm going to read that poem to you at the end here because it lets you know, listen, it's not about what place you come in. It's about finishing, folks. Because believe it or not, in the body of Christ, there's no seniority. Did you know that? There's no hierarchy. I know we got Jesus. We got the 12 apostles of the Lamb. We know in, there's, in that particular order, and we got Paul, and we got all of these other uh, uh, great men of God. and great. But guess what? We all get eternal life. Hallelujah. Yeah, there may be differences in rewards because of what we did and our, and our obedience to that. But believe it or not, if you're just obedient to what God called you to do, and he called you to work a regular or, or secular job, and he called to be a blessing there, and you to come to church, and you lived your life the way God told you to live, your reward's just going to be great as Billy Graham's because you did what God called you to do. See, we look at this, and we want to try, to try to look at our lives, and we look at passing. Well, God told me to do that. He may have. But don't let that defeat you right now. Amen? You got to get rid of the guilt. You got to get rid of the sense of failure. You got to get, ri- get rid of, you know, your damaged identity or your pride that says, man, I, I should be farther along right now. And here's some of the biggest things. This is what we got to get rid of. It's what the Lord just began to speak to my heart today as I was looking at some things and as I was beginning to just pray and, and study. But one of the things about it is we got to get, the church has to stop fearing people. We got to stop fearing the world. We've overcome the world. We've overcome the world. First John chapter five, verse four and five says, "What overcomes the world? Our faith. Our faith overcomes the world." Let me let me read that to you because I'm right here. First John, Hallelujah, chapter five. You know, it says this. For this is the, in verse three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. See, we've overcome it. We greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are not to fear people. Amen. And you know why we fear people? It's because we're so afraid of rejection. Folks, the world's going to reject us. We're citizens of heaven. We need to understand, let's bring back the king. Glory to God. Let's try to get as many people saved as we can. Let's reach out with the love of Jesus, but let's stand strong. Let's take our authority. Let's rise. Let's not be afraid of people and not be afraid of rejection. Amen. Let's stand up again. 
well, I got, you know, I got the virus. I got COVID. So did I. Praise God. Got through it. Got fine. Hallelujah. 98% of people do get through it and they get fine. You know, hey, if you ever, did you ever get a cold? Did you ever get the flu? Did you ever get, you know, probably when you were a kid, you got measles, you got the chicken pox, you got all kinds of things and you're still alive today. You know, but you said, well, everybody gets that. Well, everybody's getting this. So, and we're going to get over it and we're going to go on with it. Well, we know people have died. Yes, we do. We know it's a very serious thing, but it doesn't have to be serious for us. See, that's where we've allowed the enemy to come in and cause us. And, and I like what one phrase, I read this on, you know, I saw this little phrase on Facebook that somebody posted. They said, listen, we, we, we lived, a, a whole, we took a whole year off from, from, from living, you know. And, and the problem with that is, is that that's what we did. We took a whole year off of living because we, got, we were so afraid to die. I mean, I mean, that was, I said that in the very beginning. The reason that they, they shut down the whole world is because everybody was afraid to die. Everybody was afraid to meet Jesus because everybody wants to stay here. Nobody wants to go to heaven. You know, it's kind of like the old song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Okay? (laughs) You know, I understand wanting to be here because we want to touch lives. We should want to be here to touch lives, not want to be here because we want to do all the fun things and then we we get old and then we can go to heaven because we think heaven's going to be this boring place. You haven't talked to Jesus lately. You haven't talked to the Holy Spirit lately. You haven't got the fire of God stirred up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, we've got to stop all the things that are binding us and stopping us and limiting us from doing what God wants us to do. Notice it said there in Lamentation, it was his mercies. His mercies are new every morning, the the, the Bible says in Psalms. And it says his compassions are new every morning. His faithfulness is new every morning. The reason I'm I'm pressing this down is because God's compassion, God said there's no temptation that's going to come against you that you can't handle. That God's not going to make a way of escape. He's not going to make you to be able to handle it, or he's going to just deliver you from it. Amen? reason I'm sharing and encouraging you and strengthening you is it's time to rise. Let's stand up again. Glory to God. Okay. So this happened, but let's rise up. Let's get up. Let's let the life of God that he's given unto us, let's begin to get back into the race. Let's get back into the race. Let's get back into the journey. Let's get back into the adventure. Hallelujah. You know, God didn't say, well, I'm going to be with you until things get rough. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to be with you until you miss it. When you miss it, I ain't there. You know, you made your bed, you get to lie in it. Aren't you glad God's not that way? Hallelujah. You know, no, God said, I'll be with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. David even went so far as this. What did David say? Lord, I'm making my bed in hell and there you are with me. Come on. Hallelujah. So no matter how lousy you get, I mean, God, God's going to be there. He's, gonna, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be. He said he would always, even unto the end of the age, to the end of your life. See, the problem is not God abandoning us. We got to make sure we're not abandoning him. Amen. We got to make sure that we're sighted in with him, that we are, are grabbing hold of the word of God and we're not failing to take advantage of what he's given unto us. I, I say, I know, you know, one of the things that we have to do, we have to take hold. And I love grace and mercy. I ask God for grace and mercy. Right before I come up, I said, Lord, give me grace and mercy. I pray today, Lord, give me grace and mercy. 
Why? Because I need his grace and mercy. You don't need to hear what Pastor Mark has to say. You need to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. We need the Holy Spirit anointing to speak to you and bring words of life. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need this now. Glory to God. He is the father of mercy. So I have faith in his mercy. See, mercy is getting what I don't deserve or, or not getting what I do deserve, okay? Mercy is not getting what I do deserve and grace is getting what I don't deserve. So I say, Lord, I need mercy and I need grace. See, I need, first of all, I need mercy because I know me. I've messed up. So Lord, don't, don't come according to my sin. Hallelujah. Help me. I, don't, I need your mercy. So don't, don't punish. And then I need your grace, your ability in me to do the things I can't do of myself. Let me speak this word. Let me share this word. Let me just really take hold of the word and help people. I need that. But I also need your compassion and I need your faithfulness. He's faithful. He's faithful. When you grab a hold of the faithfulness, now, you know, one of the, one of the wonderful songs that we sing, that all my life, he, he's been faithful. You know, I love that song, you know, the goodness of God, the goodness of God. But all my life, he's been faithful. And I can, I can attest that all my life, he's been faithful. Hallelujah. See, you know, and, and we see this, that we may get tripped up many times, but we always get to rise back up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, you need to understand, everybody in the Bible missed it except Jesus. Everybody in the Bible, you know, they, they had some situations going on here. I mean, come on, Moses. Moses was ra- you know, raised by his mom there. She, she told him all kinds of things. He was raised up in the Egyptian home. He goes out and he sees an Egyptian trying to beat on a, an, an, an Israelite slave. So Moses rises up and he kills the Egyptian. So then he goes out the next day and he sees two Israelites fighting and he breaks them up and says, hey, why are your brothers fighting? And the one guy says, oh, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moses runs away. He has to go. He's hiding. He has to go hide out. He has to go hide out. See, every, and I'm going to give you some other examples, but Moses, Moses had to stand up again. And we know Moses, he came to a place where God has to have a burning bush. Moses, the bush is burning, but God doesn't say anything until Moses steps toward him. Then God begins to say, and then Moses tells God, hey, I, I, can't, I stutter, I can't do this, da 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 But you know what? Moses had to come to the place where he believed more in God's mercy and his grace than he did in all of his past mistakes. And you don't want to wait 40 years for yours, okay? Let's just get rid of some things, okay? Let's deal with this. Well, look at David. I mean, David was a man after God's own heart. He was the apple of God's eye that it says. All right, man, David, all the, but David was also a murderer. David was an adulterer. I mean, David, he got into pride. He numbered the people and 85,000 people were killed in a space of three hours. And I guarantee you that there's nobody else around here that's, you know, killed 85,000 people in three hours, you know, hallelujah, all right, in, in, in that. So it's what he did. And so you got David who's like, but what did David, David knew how to get forgiveness, and when he got forgiveness, he never made that same sin twice. Hallelujah. He just went out and he began to allow God to be God, but he walked in the forgiveness. But, but let's bring it over into the New Testament. Let's bring it over to one of my favorite guys. And the reason he's my favorite guy, because he always opens his mouth and he sticks his foot in it. And that's Peter. Love John, because John's the disciple whom Jesus loves. So really, But Peter, man, everybody can relate to Peter. Peter's big. He's brash. He's bold. He talks all the time. He opens up his mouth. He tells he's going to do all these things. and He never does nothing. You know? 
But in, in Luke 22, verse 31 and 34, in the, in the New Living Translation, it says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. He says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Wow. Wow. Peter ought to be so so awesome on our list of, of a guy that we can look at and go, man, you know what? I don't think I've denied the Lord three times yet. I denied him a lot. I haven't been out there, but I haven't, you know, you know, in those things there. I mean, did you know that Jesus knew ahead of time that Peter was going to fall? Jesus knew ahead of time that Peter was going to mess up. He knew that Peter was going to sin, but you know, he loved him anyways. He called him anyways. Hallelujah. He saved him. Hallelujah. He used him. I mean, Peter. It was like, well, it makes for a great story because Jesus comes back and says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And we know that he said that three times to get Peter, you know, healed of the three times that Peter denied him. Because three times Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. Hallelujah. And of course, we know Peter didn't, he didn't have a good grasp. Like as soon as John came up, Peter said, Hey, what about him? What about him? And Jesus said, if I want him to live forever, who cares? Deal with your own self. What's going on here? You know, let me just share a little side thing right now because going and tying into this, you know, the one thing that we have to be very cautious of, especially right now, right now, folks, I mean, if you're listening, listening, hit you, hit you, tell them, wake up. I'm about to say something here because this is for the body of Christ. This is for all of us. The biggest thing that we have to watch out for is offense. We have to watch out for thinking we're better than everybody else, thinking that, well, I don't believe in this or I don't believe in that, or we get in caught up and, well, what about him? Well, what about them? Or we get put in a blame game. We're going to blame this one. We're going to blame that one. Listen, offense is so bad because you realize that Judas got offended he got offended at Jesus when Mary came in and opened the spinknard and poured out that, that beautiful perfume on Jesus' feet and anointed them for burial. And Judas got so upset, he said, this is such a waste. What are we doing this? And Jesus rebuked Judas. He said, leave her alone. And he rebuked her. She has done a righteous thing. And what she's done is going to be spoken about from now until forever. And he said, because she's doing this. Now, Jesus, Judas, Judas was so offended and so upset, probably for two or three reasons. One reason, because he was the treasurer. He thought this should have been sold and given to the poor. He was saying, no, I could get my cut off of this. This is very expensive. I can get some money. Second thing is, is that he was offended, you know, because he thought, oh, you know, what is she doing? Who, is, who does she think she is here? And he, and he got offended because Jesus rebuked him right in front of everybody else. Oh, my gosh. Told Judas, hey, stop. Leave her alone. She's doing a good work. She's wrought a good work on me. And the Bible says at that moment, if you read the scriptures, it says that Satan put it in Judas's heart to betray the Lord because of offense. Listen, don't you let anything that anybody else or anybody else does or anything you think, well, I got this here. Or I got this there. Or, uh, the reason this is happening is because of this person or that. You don't do that. It's an enemy. We have an enemy. That's right. It's the devil. 
So you blame the enemy. You blame the devil. Amen on that. You don't, don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in that. You get caught up in that, it'll mess up your life. It will. It'll cause all kinds of problems to be messed up. Hallelujah. You know, because here's the thing. If you'll hold on to faith in the midst of your failure, if you'll hold on to faith in the midst of your failure, hallelujah, your faith will bring you back out of your failure and back into faith. It'll bring you back to where you'll succeed. It will. But if you wallow in your failure and you get upset and you want to come against your faith, hallelujah, what do you think Jesus prayed? said, Peter or Simon, I've prayed that your faith fail not. I pray that your faith should not fail. Hallelujah. So you got to hold on to your faith in the midst of the failure. You say, well, how do I have faith in failure? I don't think I have any faith. Look at this. You know, this has happened. It's taken this, man, it's been. Yeah, but you know what? You stand your ground in your faith. Say, Lord, I'm doing all I know to do. Having done all to stand, stand, okay? And once you do that, then you say, God, I trust you. I'm using all my faith, but I trust you, Lord. I'm just going to trust you. And he'll hold you up. He will hold you up because he's never going to leave you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to leave you. Hallelujah. And then what about good old Paul? I mean, Paul had more things to forget than all of us. Paul was killing Christians. Paul was there when Stephen was stoned, the first martyr of the church. They all laid it down at, at, at Paul's, uh, Saul's feet. You know, he was Saul at that time, not Paul. Laid all the garments down at his feet. And what happened? I mean, I'm thinking he's the one that ordered it. He said, you know, let's just kill him. You guys all just go, you guys all kill them and I'll, I'll watch your coats. Hell, I don't get my hands dirty. But Saul was there. I mean, we see all that and we see these things and say, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle that? But you remember over what Paul took, wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do this work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and the love that came from Christ Jesus. He was killing people. I said, I did it. He goes, I did it all in ignorance. He said, but oh, how gracious and how generous the Lord was that he filled me with his faith and his love. Amen? Hallelujah. He goes on to say over in, you know, verse in Philippians, he writes to the church of Philippians over in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 through 14. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Why am I sharing with this? It's because when things come in or things happen, we always want to try to figure out why. It's not up to us to figure out why. We live in a cursed world. We live in a fallen world. We live in things. Paul said it like this. Not that I'm going to, but one thing I do is I'm going to forget the past and I'm going to look forward to what lies ahead. I'm going to keep pressing on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. I'm going to press toward the mark, the King James Version says. Hallelujah. And so you've got to let God, let the mercy and let the compassion of God help you to start all over again, to get up, 
to get up. You've been hit. Are you going to get up? You got to get up again. You got to stand up again. All these guys had to stand up again. They had to get up again and again and again. Hallelujah. But thank God, God gives us the strength to rise up. Amen. And if there was hope for them, guess what? There's hope for you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And here's the thing. I've watched this over my many years of ministry, folks, and I've seen this. When things come in and, and, and it looks like, oh, but look at this. See, we got to get people talking the right thing, not the wrong thing. Hallelujah. The right thing is that Jesus is the healer. The right thing is that Jesus is coming soon. The right thing is, is that, hallelujah, guess what? God's plan and purpose for us is to see more and more people born into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And to grow in the grace of God and allow God to be God in our lives. Amen? We need to do that. We've got to. But see, too many people have quit on the inside. I don't want you just to come and park your old carcass here. A lot of you come in here, you know, you sit here, I mean, but the lights are on, but ain't nobody home. You quit on the inside. You just do, you come in, you know. We got comfortable seats, but I don't want you to come in and sleep. I want you to get fired up by the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Yes, I want you to come. But so he says, you know, but you don't understand what's going on in me, Pastor. You know, it's been so hard. I do know I've been there where I wanted to quit. I've been there where I've gone through the motions, where I did quit on the inside. And I just went through the motions until I could fix what was going on on the inside. I had to take some time, hallelujah, and I was just going through the motions. And, and here's what happened. I knew I'd lost my joy. I'd lost the joy of my salvation. I'd lost the joy of fighting. I'd lost the joy of my faith. I'd lost the joy of believing God and exercising my faith. I'd lost the joy of a vision. Yes. Amen. I know how it is to wander in the wilderness. That's why I told you I was born for this. I was born for this hour, for this time, because I've already been hit. I've already been back, and not just in one, but my life has gone from one thing where people say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And so I know how to stand up again, and again, and again, and again. I know what God wants to do, because you remember I gave you two words for this year, and I'm going to keep saying them all year long. One is renewal. The other one is open doors. Open doors and renewal. What do you mean? God wants to renew. He wants to renew a fresh spirit on the inside of you. He wants to get a renewal of your faith and a renewal of your strength, which, which simply means he's going to strengthen you up, rise up, hallelujah, in the power of the spirit of God. He wants to rejuvenate you. Glory to God. He wants to give you some energy and some vigor and some power. Hallelujah. I'm getting stronger and stronger, uh, you know, spiritually. I'm getting stronger and stronger physically, I hope, but I'm trying to get stronger and stronger uh, spiritually because there's a new energy, there's a new because there's a new excitement on the inside of me. There's such an excitement that's here for me. I just know that, that God, I'm ready to do this because here's what else. Not only does he want to renew you. See, renewal is all of a sudden, it just it brings rejuvenation and also brings refreshing. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 3. I'm gonna, we're going to go over there. Hallelujah. And, and uh, praise the Lord. God's good. I think we'll get done on time. If we don't, that's all right. We're good too. Amen. Here's what he said in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. He said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. 
when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, let me keep reading. It says, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. We are living in a day of prophecy. We are living in the last days. We are living in light of what's going on. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's amazing what's happening. Getting ready. See, see the rapture has no signs. The rapture, has a, but the second coming of Jesus has tons of signs. Tons, I tell you. And I don't know if you just knew this right now, that Turkey, Russia, and Iran, all the leaders got together, held hands, and made an alliance. Those are the three countries that go down and attack Israel. They just today, they made an alliance this week, this past week. They made an alliance together. They're building things, doing things. They're acknowledging what they want to do. They're just blatantly saying it. It's crazy. But, I mean, listen, that is, that is the Ezekiel War. Okay? That is the, I mean, they, they're like, let's do this. It's, it's, it's wild. I mean, we look at this and we go, oh, pastor, now you're getting doomsday on us. You're getting, no, I'm just telling you. You better keep your head looking up. You want to be looking up, man. Jesus is coming. Yeah. All right, that's not a, that's not a, that's not an escape theology. That's a two minute warning. Glory to God, the game is about to come to an end here. Hallelujah, we're about to do some things here. It's about to come to pass, and the church is going to be the church. We're not going to back up. I don't want to get caught up going. Oh man, he's coming now. Oh, you know. We watched a we watched a movie. She showed me. We watched a movie, and it, you know it was done. You know, many years ago, but it's a Christian movie. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, this one guy who was it was kind of a time travel thing. But anyways, it was a Christian time travel. And this guy gets taken up, and and, and these two guys are trying to stop him because they think he's crazy. He just starts telling him, "Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You better be ready when Jesus comes." And then all of a sudden, he gets zapped up, and the guy goes, "Oh my gosh, we just missed the rapture. We're all good. It was awesome. It was a." Great Great, you know, thing. I thought, cool, this is good because they knew about it. They're like, oh my gosh, we just missed the rapture. And uh, you look at this, but no, God wants to refresh us from the presence of the Lord. But He said that He's got to wait. Heaven, Jesus has to be in heaven until the restitution of all things. Listen, I know about the revivals. I know about the power and the presence. So that means we got to step it up as the church. We got to step up as the church. Yes, we got to do that. We got to build bigger things and things so we can house the people that need to come and get the power and the presence of God. I know we can do it by what we're doing right here. That we can do, we're reaching tons and tons of more. But we need to have those that are here that there's a presence, there's a physical thing that needs to happen. All right, I want to read this to you. I want to read you this, this poem because I told you I would. All right, hallelujah. Here's the thing about it is, you got you to get up again, but you got to allow God to let you get up. You got to allow God to help you get up. All right? Because you got to let go of the past, you got to let go of the present, and you got to allow God to form and, and do your do your future. Amen. Hallelujah. So this poem is called "Run the Race." It's called "Run the Race." It says, "Quit, give up. You're beaten." They shouted at me and plead. There's just too much against you. Now this time you can't succeed. As I start to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race. And hope fills my weakened will as I recall that scene, for just a thought of that short race rejuvenates my being. 
a children's race, young boys, young men, how I remember well. Excitement, sure, but also fear. It wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope, each thought to win the race, or tie for first, or if not that, at least take second place. And fathers watched from off the side, each cheering for his son. And each boy hoped to show his dad that he would be the one. The whistle blew and off they went, young hearts and hopes afire. To win and be the hero there was each boy's heart's desire. And one boy in particular, whose dad was in the crowd, was running near the lead and thought, my dad will be so proud. But as they ran down the field across a shallow dip, the little boy who thought to win lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his hand flew out to brace. But to the laughter of the crowd, he fell right on his face. So down he fell, and with him hope, he couldn't win it now. Embarrassed, sad, he only wished he could disappear somehow. Dad stood up and shouted and showed his anxious face. To the boy, he clearly said, get up and win the race. He quickly rose, no damage done, a bit b- uh, behind a bit, that's all, and ran with all his might, my, mind and might to make up for his fall. So anxious to restore himself, to catch up and win, his mind went faster than his legs, he slipped and fell again. He wished then that he had quit before with only one disgrace. I'm hopeless as a runner now, I shouldn't try to race. But in the laughing crowd, he searched to find his father's face. That steady look which said again, get up and run the race. So up he jumped to try again, 10 yards behind the last. If I'm going to gain those yards, I've got to move real fast. Exerting everything he had, he regained eight or 10, but trying so hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeated, he lay there silent, a tear dropped from his eye. There is no sense in running anymore. Three strikes, I'm out. Why try? The will to rise had disappeared. All hope had fled away. So far behind, so error prone, a loser all the way. I've lost, so what the use? He thought, I'll live with my disgrace. But then he thought about his dad, whom soon he'd have to face. Get up, an echo shouted. Get up and take your place. You were never meant for failure. Get up and win the race. With borrowed will, get up, he said. You haven't lost it all. For winning is no more than this, to rise each time you fall. So up he rose to run once more and with a new commit. He resolved that win or lose, he would never quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been, still gave it all he had and ran as though to win. Three times he had fallen stumbling. Three times he rose again. Too far behind to hope to win, he still ran to the end. They cheered the winning runner as he crossed the line first place, head high and proud because he had won the race. But when the fallen child crossed the line in last place, the crowd gave him the greater cheer for finishing the race. For even though he came in last with head bowed low, unproud, you would have thought he'd won the race to listen to the crowd. To his dad, he sadly said, I didn't do too well. 
To me, you won, his father said. You rose each time you fell. And now when things seem dark and hard and difficult to face, the memory of that little boy helps me in that race. For all of life is like that race with ups and downs and all. And all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. Quit, give up. You're beaten, they shout right in my face. But another voice within me says, get up and win the race. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And uh, I share that with you because it's time to stand up again. It's time to believe God. It's time to have vision. It's time to believe God. It's time to lay hands on the sick, see him recover. It's time to the power, the miracle working power of God. God's going to do great things in our lives. Hallelujah. So it's time to stand up. Again, and let's watch what God can do. Hallelujah. We got a great message for you on, uh, on Sunday, and we're going to have a great message, you know, because we want to be here live and in person. But let's pray, because I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for all those that are watching. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Thank you for mercy and compassion and your faithfulness. Lord, you've been so faithful. You've been so faithful to all of us, and you're going to continue your faithfulness. Thank you for your healing power and your healing covenant that's flowing in the lives, giving them strength, strength to finish their race. They're going to finish their race. No matter how hard it seems like, oh, no, no, no. God, they're going to finish their race. Hallelujah. And Lord, we honor you for that. We love you for it. And Father, those that have just fallen by the wayside, who've given up and quit on the inside, Father, I ask you to just blow across the embers of their heart. Fan the flame. Let it begin. Let the fire begin to burn again. Let the joy of their salvation rise up. Rise up within them in the name of Jesus. Father, that's my heart's cry. It's time that let's stand up again. Let's win, get up, and let's run the race again. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for the body of Christ at Harvest Bible Churches. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.